Oh, I get it. 
Father, here we are this morning in your house, Lord. We have denied ourselves, Heavenly Father, to be committed with our things, Heavenly Father. 
But Heavenly Father, we realize coming to your house, Heavenly Father, this is the place to be, Heavenly Father, just to be refreshed, Heavenly Father, our souls to be renewed, Heavenly Father. Here we are, you say, Heavenly Father, look us under the blood, Heavenly Father. We are thankful for the blood that was shed in Calvary, Heavenly Father. This morning we say we are just nothing but Heavenly Father. We can be, we deserve to be your sons and daughters, Heavenly Father. That's why we are here to hear your word, Heavenly Father. Please talk to our hearts, Heavenly Father. You know our needs, Heavenly Father. This morning, Heavenly Father, we hand everything to you. We say, Heavenly Father, when we leave this place, Heavenly Father, we can say, Heavenly Father, like those that were going to Emmaus, Heavenly Father, didn't our heart pain in our, didn't our has been heavenly father when he was talking to us heavenly father that's our heavenly father song this morning heavenly father because heavenly father we are under expectation heavenly father for thy weight heavenly father bless heavenly father this congregation heavenly father you know these are your children heavenly father do you know their needs heavenly father let the, their prayers be answered heavenly father heavenly father we also pray for our servant heavenly father who's going to give us the weight we say heavenly father anoint him heavenly father let us see Heavenly Father, beyond a man, Heavenly Father. Here is our brother leading us, Heavenly Father. We also commit him to you, Heavenly Father. We say, Heavenly Father, in this job that he's doing, bless him, Heavenly Father. The musician, Heavenly Father, everybody in his or her post, Heavenly Father, we say, bless us, Heavenly Father. We commit everything to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Since we are heads of the Father, we are joined heads with the Son. We are heads of the Father. We are joined
acids. Just love to take your smile. 
turn it upside down. But in Christ we have the power to set him on his way. You can be happy in the Lord anyway. I'm happy in the Lord anyway. And it really doesn't matter what comes my way today. I'm gonna wear a smile, hold my head up high and say, I'm happy in the Lord anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
another song on the one that we said we did the last time. We stand and lift up our hands with this verse. Song of We stand and lift up our hands for the joy of the Lord is our strength. We bow down and worship Him now. Our praise, our words are easy. We stand and lift up. We stand and lift up our hands for the joy.
Uh, let us bow our heads while Brother Musavi just says, says a word of prayer here. Let's close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, this morning, Father, we'd like to thank you, Father, just for the opportunity to come this morning, Father, to worship you, Father. Yes. It's like we've said before, Father, and we'll even say it again, Father, because it's because that you are worthy of praise, Father. There's no God like you, Father. You are the God who listens when we pray, Father. You are the God who heals our disease, Father. We are God, Father, who even when we demand something, Father, you always provide it, Father. Even this morning, Father, your children have given in tithes and offering, Father, just as a token of thanks for everything that you've done to them, Father. For them, Father, how you've healed them, how you've protected their families, protected their children, Father. For that, Father, we'd like to say thank you, Father. Even this morning, Father, those who've managed to give in, Father, in tithes and offering, Father, may you yes. please bless them, Father. Even those who are unable to do so, Father, bless them as well, Father. We hand over everything unto you, Father, that as the preacher's going to come this morning to say a word or two about you, Father. May you please be the one, Father, who's going to speak to his mind, Father. Circumcise our ears, Father, so that even each and everything that's going to come from your throne, Father, may find a place in our hearts, Father. We pray, believing in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Uh, <clears throat> oh, that we may be seated. While we greet you all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, um, we, we are happy uh, this morning. Um, yeah, so um, apologies here from Brother Msizi. He's not um, he's working today, so I think we're going to go solo. The pastor will be preaching in English. If it happens that you don't understand English, uh, or we can bring somebody else next to you just for a little bit of interpretation. So, but um, we're going to go with the pastor in English alone this morning. So, God bless you. And then, Brother Van Royen also, Fanny is not available here. Brother Mashangu, Brother Nassim, and then Brother Sope, and then all the awakening, and Brother Mashangu, I think. So, God bless them wherever they are. So it's our prayers that may God um, be with them. And then I see there are services here that we've got special meetings on the 13th. Um, I think it's next week, Saturday. So we will start at 4 o'clock. And then the speaker is there, it's Pastor Babes. And then we will have another service on Sunday morning and then also Sunday evening. So you are all invited. We can invite our, uh, any other person that you can invite. If you are going nowhere on Saturday, you are invited to come and support our meetings um, on the 13th. So I think we will be having also uh, Pastor Mishitwa and Pastor Mashangu. They will come and join us here um, on that day with some of their congregations. So let us come and listen to the testimony of the men of God. God bless you. And then um, uh, what else here? I think, oh, Sister Mashanku and Sister Lorraine, they are asking for a for, for, for Sunday school kids on the 20th of May. Is it next week? 
Oh, that other one. Oh. All right, after. Bless you, and then may God instill blessing and do with them and guide them and give them wisdom. And um, we are testing the things that we must do here. Uh, we are learning and things are holy. So the glory will also go and then God will bless them and protect them. Hallelujah. Wednesday we had a very good time here and the subject was a prayer. A simple subject but uh, it's, a, it's really great. It's, it's a great subject indeed. If you can read about it and just put it into practice, you will see the blessings of the Almighty God. So let us stand on our feet and just sing a song. Bless you. Yes. 
Jesus Christ. Uh, we are happy to be in the house of the Lord. As we turn to uh, St. Luke 17. Don't, don't forget about Saturday meetings. I think we are definitely going to have a great time. Amen. St. Luke 17. Uh, let's, let's start it from verse 28. It says, Likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. But the same day that Lord went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And uh, I want to emphasize verse 30. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. As we close our eyes. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we are very much thankful today. Lord, you made it possible for us to come to your house so that you can speak to us, dear God. And Lord, you have never disappointed us at any point in time. Here are men and women, they have assembled here, not to hear the intelligence or the eloquence of a man, but to hear the unadulterated word of the living God. And Lord, as that way it goes forth, it will cast out demons. As it goes out, it will heal the bodies, dear God. I commit them as I commit myself to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. While you take your seats. Just for a few minutes, we want to speak about the revelation of the Son of Man. Amen. The revelation of the Son of Man. Uh, and sometimes uh, I want to put it in this manner that you will never get uh, the revelation of the Son of Man if you did not get a revelation of a Son of Man. Hallelujah. Uh, the, the two, they go together. You can't, you can't get to the Son of Man without going through a Son of Man. Hallelujah. And then we'll, we'll just show you what are the differences between a Son of Man and the Son of Man. But both are, are very important. Amen. But for us to, to understand the, the, or to grasp the revelation of the Son of Man, we must get the, the pattern as how he came in his first coming. And it will give away as to how he will come in his second coming. Hallelujah. Now, when, when you, you, you go back to before Jesus came, or Jesus was born, you find, you find out that he, they had not had a prophet for, was it over 400 years since the time of Malachi? And from Malachi, we know that John the Baptist came. So that 400 years, it, it caused so much damage. Hallelujah. Oh, on the psyche of the church, because 
uh, especially when the prophet is not around, uh, normally you've got the chance takers. Hallelujah. Especially if it had been prophesied that the Messiah is coming. There must be, have been a lot of impersonation before he came. Hallelujah. That is why you, you can never blame Nathaniel uh, when Philip went to tell him that we have found him. And Nathaniel was very skeptical. He said, is there anything good that can come out of Nazareth? It is simply because it tells you that as, as a student of the scriptures or of the scrolls, he must be being exposed to a lot of fanaticism, a lot of impersonation before the real one came. And so he wanted to make sure that the one that Philip spoke about, he must be the real one. And, and, and the beauty about it is that even my subtitle will say, we have found him. And I don't know how many this morning can say, we have found him. Not, not a church. Hallelujah. We have found him. Because finding a church is not enough. And I'll show you those things as we go along. Now, let, let us go to uh, the book of John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And then we'll read from verse 19. John 1, verse 19, it reads in this manner, he found. It says, and this is the record of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to he asked him, who art thou? Because John's ministry had caused a storm and had upset the religious order of the day. Now, it, it made the priest and the Levites to be concerned and say, who is this man? Now, he confessed and denied not, but confessed. I, I don't know whether you get what, that what I mean. He confessed, denied not, but confessed. I am not the Christ. They asked him, what then? Art, art thou Elias? He said, I am not. Are thou the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said unto him, Who art thou? That we may give an answer to them that send us, What sayest thou of thyself? Because their bosses were very upset that there is a man preaching a very foreign gospel. So go and inquire as to who is he. Then he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. Can you see, now John knew who he was in the scriptures. And he could point to the scriptures and say, according to the scripture, this is who I am. I'm not him, but I'm here to prepare a way for him. I'm here to introduce him. And as we normally say, no matter how studious you may have been on the laws of Moses, but without seeing John, you would have never met Messiah. Yes. Hallelujah. The Messiah, uh, John was the one that was sent to introduce the Messiah. Not to introduce himself, but to introduce the Messiah to the people. Hallelujah. Now, they, they which were sent uh, were of the Pharisees. And they asked him and sent unto him, 
Why baptized thou then if thou be not that Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. Hallelujah. Even himself, he did not know him, but he knew that he was in the midst. Hallelujah. But God had, had told him how to identify him. Now, John answered, saying, he, he continues in verse 27, Here it is. Who coming after me is, pre, is preferred before me, whose shoes lashed I'm not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Bethabara, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. But the Bible says, the next day, John sees Jesus coming unto him, and saith unto him, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. There were people in numbers, at River Jordan, as John was baptizing them. But uh, as much as they were following John, very few understood the purpose of John's ministry. Hallelujah. Some, they thought John was the destination, but we know that John was the signpost. Hallelujah. That's why when he says, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world, only two disciples out of thousands knew what was happening. Hallelujah. Now, the prophet says in this message, the seven church age, page 309, he says, if people can't see the truth of the Godhead, but fight it, they can't ever see the rest of the truth because the revelation is Jesus Christ in his church and his works in the midst of the church ages. So, it, that means if, if the people fight the revelation of the Godhead, they would never know when he was the son of man. They would never know when he was the son of God. They would never know when he was going to be the son of David. So they, they will mix up a lot of things because you must know as believers that God is worshipped dispensationally. What, what he is to the Jews, that's not what he is to the Gentiles. Hallelujah. He, he changes the offices based on the dispensation. And when you approach him, you must know who he is and how he reveals himself during your time. Amen. Hallelujah. Because what is happening, when Jesus was around, they couldn't speak about the father because the fatherhood dispensation had now come. They couldn't speak about the one that brought them out of Egypt. Hallelujah. They had to know that it's no longer God above us, but it's now God with us. Yes. And after he died and resurrected, they had to know that it's no longer God with us, but now it's God in us. Yes. Hallelujah. So unless you are able to place God dispensationally, you will be able to miss him. Yes. Hallelujah. But, but throughout the ages, that's why always he's got prophet after prophet, to tell the people how he reveals himself during their time. And today, he is not the son of God. He is not the son of David. He is the son of man. And here's something beautiful. Whenever you see him becoming the son of man, you must know that the rapture is going to take place. When he became the son of man during the time of Sodom, what did we see during the time of Sodom? 
Hallelujah. We saw that Abraham and Sarah, their bodies were changed. They became young again. Hallelujah. When he became the son of man uh, in Jerusalem, we know that after the resurrection, the, the graves of many of the Old Testament saints were opened. And they were seen in the streets and the rapture took place. And today he is coming again as a son of man. What is going to happen? Changing of bodies. And whenever we speak about him as the son of man, you must know that now he has embodied himself. He must be in another body. When he went to the house of Abraham as the son of man during that time, he was a man, he was speaking to Abraham as a man. When he was with the disciples, he spoke to them as a man. And today he's speaking to us as a man. Hallelujah. But, but you must be able to, 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 to place him because throughout the seven church ages, he was the son of God. But in our time, just before he becomes the son of David, he becomes the son of man again. Hallelujah. And the prophet, I'll read some quotations from, you, for, for, from him just to show what is going to happen there. He says in the message, the anointed ones, paragraph 263, now there's three things we are going to say before we close. This is it. I want you to listen real close now, now as we close. Three things, three things have been fulfilled or three things lay before you right now. The first one, the world is in a Sodom condition. Do we agree that the world is in a Sodom condition? But uh, our message is not that the world is in Sodom condition. It is just a sign of something that God is doing in the midst of this mess. Abraham wasn't concerned so much concerned about what was happening in Sodom and Gomorrah. But he was concerned about receiving a visitor from heaven. Even us during our time, we are not much interested in the filthiness of this world. We can never change this world. This world is gone. It's doomed. But in the midst of that, we know that when the world goes into Sodom condition, it is a sign that something is about to take place. So the first thing, the world is in a Sodom condition, as Jesus said it would be. You look at the perversion, are women trying to act like men, are men trying to act like women, uh, sissified, rotten, filthy, low down, devil possessed, you don't know it. The Bible said that it would happen. Hallelujah. The world is rotten, men are becoming sissified. Especially in this town, hallelujah. Some, I overheard some another woman saying in, in Wheatbank, uh, the mother brings up, raises a man, hands over a man to another woman to raise him further. If she fails, she brings back him back to the mother. Hallelujah. It's a, it's a sissy fight. Men have got no backbone. They can't make decisions anymore. It is the sign of time. Hallelujah. But I'm glad that in the midst of that, God will raise genuine men. Yes. Hallelujah. As much as the world is going south, but God will reserve himself, the people that he can point and say, there is genuine seed in the end time. Hallelujah. Yes. Now, the second thing that is laying before us is in that hour, according to the scriptures here, that Janice and Jembrans appears. Impersonation is on, on the rise. Hallelujah. 
People would want to impersonate the first pool and the second pool. There is discernment. The other time I saw another man, he just pointed at people in the crowd and said, there is one here that has got a big pain. I mean, if you've got a thousand people, the chance that one has got a back pain, I mean, half of the people should be having back pain because we are driving long distances. Hallelujah. So it is that, but, but they can never impersonate Brother Brenham. Because Brother Brenham, the way he called out things, he was so precise. He could tell you who your name was. He could tell you your address. He could tell you the other time, as I normally say, he pointed out at a woman and said, you are staying at such and such place. This is your address. And there was a woman at the back that was excited because she knew that that woman was not staying in the house that the prophet called out. And immediately after the service, she went to the woman and said, I knew that she was a false prophet. You are not staying in that house. Say, you don't know. I just moved yesterday. <laughs> Hallelujah. That, that's how precise God can be. Hallelujah. And the Bible, I, I always say the second pool was a demonstration that if God knew where the people were coming from geographically, he should be able to know where you are coming from spiritually. If he is able to know that you come from such and such a house, he must know spiritually where were you born. He must know spiritually that you were ready to accept the message. And the message when it was sent, God was not taking chances. There were really people that were here that were ready to receive the message. Hallelujah. Now, now you see impersonation, and I'm, I'm going to call it out for what it is. Even in the message, there's beginning to be impersonation. Some people, they say rapture has taken place. How far off can you be from the point? In this body, you say we are in the millennium. But that is the deception in the end time. But I'm glad that in the midst of this confusion, in the midst of this chaos, his predestination will stand the test of time. And, and as a result, those that are predestinated shall never be deceived. We are, we are not worried to say people will be deceived. No, sir. If he called them, he will keep them. And if he will keep them, they will reach the destination. Hallelujah. Now, the third thing that is before us, it is in that same hour that the Son of Man is to be revealed. Now, this is where it gets very tricky. In his first coming, you must remember, it was never meant to be a secret. Everybody had to know that Messiah is coming. It was, it was a public announcement. Every church had to know it was not a secret. But even though God did not want it to be a secret, it became a secret. Hallelujah. And now we see when he was born, the religious society did not know that he was born. And after he was born, we found out that he went and the announcement, the heavenly announcement was made, made to the people of lowly estate, to the shepherds. The Messiah is born. Hallelujah. And the three wise men that were coming and from the east, they saw the constellation. Brother Bram said they were looking in the sky. sky. They were studying the zodiac. And all of a sudden, they saw the three heavenly bodies coming together. Brother Bram said that those were their heavenly representation. And from that time, they followed the star until it led them to where the Messiah was born. 
Herod didn't know that he was born. The, the high priest Cephas didn't know that he was born. But those that were part of God's plan knew that Messiah was born. And they went and saw where he was and they worshipped him. And later, that Messiah, we saw him as a baby. He was growing until he came down to River Jordan. Nobody knew who he was. Even John did not know who he was. Hallelujah. All of them, when they looked at him, they thought he was a man. Because he spoke like a man. He looked like a man. He was ordinarily. Hallelujah. But when he came to the River Jordan, well, 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 John was expecting because he had this momentous task that he had to announce the Messiah. And, 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 and it, was, it was, John as a prophet knew that there must have been a lot of impersonation. And he had to make sure that the one that he points out was the real one. Hallelujah. And that's why in the end time, among a lot of impersonation, we want to make sure that the one that we point out must be the real one. And while he was there, God had given him that there shall be a sign, which shall be a super sign that will identify him. That sign will not be man-manufactured, but it will be a supernatural sign that I alone will do it. And that sign was that the one that you see the spirit descending upon, that one, he's the one. And that spirit, we know it was God himself. It was simply meaning that the one that you see, that I will come upon and anoint, that one shall be the Messiah. And while he was looking and the people had come to listen to him preaching, all of a sudden, heaven opened. And when heaven opened, I'm glad that heaven must open. Not a church door must open. Not a seminary must open. Heaven must open. And today, when you are here, it must be because heaven opened. And you saw something coming out of heaven to identify that this message is the truth. Unless it is like that, you will be distracted on your Christian journey. The the road is going to be bumpy. But if you know that your calling is short, Nothing will shake you on the Christian journey. Now, when heaven opened, he saw the spirit descending like a dove. And when he descended, I think, I think his eyes must have popped out. Because it went exactly on his cousin. And now he had to introduce the cousin as the Messiah. That is enough to split a church. Hallelujah. You, you, you call it out of our denomination. You told us that the Messiah is coming only to introduce your cousin as a Messiah. When God wants to reveal his things to his children, he makes things really difficult. That it must be a predestinated seed that will be able to see it. And it says, I I, I didn't even know that Messiah was my cousin. I, I think it must have caused the murmuring in the crowd. When he pointed out and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Pointing out at his cousin. But those that were predestinated, from that time, they no longer followed John. Now they followed Messiah. They knew that the transition had taken place. Now he's here. 
And when, when it was revealed, you, you look at the excitement in the, in the camp. This one goes to find another one and say, look, we have found him. Hallelujah. Not we have found a church. We have found him. He, when they found him, he was not in a church building. He was walking on the field. We have found him. And I, I'm telling that in the end time, there will be men and women that will say, Brother Madiba, we have found him. Can you say to this money and say, you have found him. Hallelujah. And now you look at how it happened. Then the two disciples heard him speak. And they followed Jesus. And Jesus turned and saw them following and said unto him, What seek ye? Hallelujah. He didn't get excited that, ah, now at least somebody is beginning. What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say being interpreted to master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, come and see. The message of the hour during that time was that, come and see. He as well started saying, come and see. Hallelujah. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. And one of the two which had John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother, Simon, saith unto him, We have found the Messiah. When you read it in the Bible, it sounds so light. light. Imagine Isaiah had spoken many years before that the, a vision shall conceive. And now after, and we know that if a vision conceived, it was, a man was not into the picture. It was God's operation. Now, while they were searching the scriptures and saying, we're expecting him, imagine when Peter or Andrew went to Simon and said, we have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. Because Christ, it means the anointed one. He was simply saying, we have found God. Such a bold announcement to your brother, we have found God. God. And, and he didn't want to, to show him a series of quotations. He's born in Bethlehem. This is how he came. This, uh, this is his measurement. This, no, we have found the Messiah. And when he wanted to inquire, the message was simple. Come and see. You know why we have found him was followed by come and see. They would never have found him unless he first found them. You'll understand that. When Nathaniel, when Philip findeth Nathaniel and said, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. As he was speaking to him and Nathaniel said, can there be any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him again, come and see. And when Nathaniel came, stay with me here. When he came and Jesus saw Nathanael, Jesus said, Behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guide. What, what, what was happening there? He said, Do you know me? He said, Before Philip called you, while you were under the tree, I saw you. 
Philip, they couldn't be, they couldn't find him unless they were found by him. We do not look for him, he looked for us. But when he found us, he made it look like we found him. And 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 when when these brothers were busy moving from this one to that one, where were their friends? Where were the other family members? God's mercy is sovereign. It will bypass the people that are around you. You look at something and say, but this is obvious. This is the truth. I accept it. And the people around and say, it's a lie. And you want to say, I thought it's obvious. It's not obvious. It's obvious to you because you are in God's program. But if you are not in God's program, it's not obvious. I don't know whether we're together. It is, it is obvious that Brother Bram was the prophet in the end time. It is so obvious. But if he was not sent to you, it is not obvious. But, but when, when he speaks and says, good evening, friends. If he was sent to you, that means you were with him before the foundation of the world. So when that voice speaks, it brings the eternal memories back. Something tells you that I know this man. I don't know where I know him from, but it's some kind of deja vu. It's an experience that I feel I've had it before. I don't remember. It is your theophany nighting against your natural body. And brethren, if you were not there, you cannot go back there. Hallelujah. If you were never a thought, you can never become the word. Because the word is a thought expressed. If you were God's thought, at a point in time, you will become the word. Today, we can never force people to go to heaven. Our responsibility is to make sure that the unadulterated word of God is preached to the people. And those that are part of the word, wherever they are, they will respond to the word. Because why? The word can only respond to the word. Not psychology, my brother. The word. Which word in the beginning was the word? The word was with God. And the word was God. That same word has got children. That same word has got attributes. That same word made certain men and women to be expressed. And when that word is preached wherever they are, something in them moves. What is that movement? Their inner man. Hope we are together. Now the prophet of God says, in this message, the anointed ones, he says, the seventh angel's message, what is it? Not the angel is the son of man. I like a man who knows who he is. Not the angel is the son of man, but the messenger is revealing the son of man. Can you get it separated? There is a separate... And here is something. When John came to introduce him, you might say, John, when he introduced me, it was difficult because it was a cousin. No. It's nothing compared to what happened in our day. When he was there, he could point at a man and say, there he is. Behold the Lamb of God. But when Brother Brenham came, he as well said, Behold the Lamb of God. 
And he couldn't point anywhere else because that lamb had borrowed his body. And he couldn't say to the people, I'm he. Because that's not him. He was the container that contained him. And that's why I say, get the, get the two, the difference between the two. The messenger and the son of man. They are not exactly the same. If you worship the messenger, you will still miss the son of man. You've got to know who the messenger is. And identify the one that he carried in this age. Because when Brother Branham was there, in meeting after meeting, in some meeting he would turn his back and say, there is a woman at the back, uh, she's wearing such and such a, a, a jacket, she's not from here, she's at such and such time, from such and such place. And when he turned his back, he said, as Melchizedek turned his back. But doesn't, it doesn't make him Melchizedek. You still need to identify Melchizedek. Hallelujah. And that's why he came to the church and said, Who is this Melchizedek? Greater than Solomon is here. He, he, the messenger was trying to introduce somebody, but he knew that the bride will be able to read between the lines. We are not worshipping a man and will never worship a man. But a man was an instrument to bring our God amongst his people. Amen. Now he says, not the angel is the son of man, but the messenger is revealing the son of man. And I'm glad that he picked up Brother Brenham. You know, I like that statement that says, I'm, I'm glad God got hold of me before a church got a hold of me. Hallelujah. Because a church, let me tell you, a church will mess you up. If you thought you were coming to a church and say, hey, I'm at the right, a church will mess you up. You must find him. Hallelujah. There is a difference between finding a church and finding him. People are looking for a church and you'll be disappointed with a church. There's a lot going on in a church. But when you have found him, I tell you, you are rooted in Christ. Nothing shall ever move you. Now he says, not the son of man himself, but the seventh angel. The seventh messenger is revealing to the public the son of man. And you remember John's announcement, behold, the Lamb of God. And now Brother Branham comes around and says, I know God will crown my ministry. He will allow me to stand on that day and say, behold, the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. And unless you come to a point where you behold what he wanted you to behold, you have not reached your destination. Amen. Let's read it again in John chapter 1, verse 45. Actually, let's start from verse 37. It says, in John 1, verse 37, it reads in this manner. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. 
And when Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt, and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two which had John speak followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. Hallelujah. Then when you jump on verse 2, verse 45, it says, Philip findeth Nathaniel and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there be any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith of him, Behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guy. Look at how it unfolded. This one finds this one. And this one goes to find another one. And that one goes to find another one. Why, 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 why did Philip not go to somebody else but went to Nathaniel? It is because when God does something, it's, it's like a channel. He will only find the people that are already in that channel. Yeah. Hallelujah. Because sometimes certain things, when, when, when Mary, after the angel spoke to her, I don't think there's anybody that would have understood Mary's message. And say, an angel spoke to me and said, I will conceive, and what I will conceive will not be of a man, but will be of the Holy Ghost. No one would understand it, but only Elizabeth. Because why? Elizabeth had already received an angelic visitation as well. And sometimes, the reason sometimes we struggle is because we want to reach the people that are not even on our own level. Hallelujah. When Mary, Mary went to Elizabeth, she didn't have to bring a bunch of quotations. As Elizabeth peeped through the window and saw Mary coming, all they said, the mother of my Lord. Yeah. What made her to say that? It's a revelation. A revelation is a channel. It finds the people for whom it was predestinated for. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And I always say, Jews, uh, Nathaniel had to be found. Philip had to be found. Simon Peter had to be found. Why? Because they were part of the original picture. The Messiah's ministry would have never been complete unless they were found. There is a certain role that they played. They were part of a puzzle. If you miss a certain puzzle, a puzzle, if you don't find it, the picture is never complete. And this morning I want to say, no matter where you were, you had to be found. Because you are part of a picture, you are a puzzle that was missing. And God had to move and cross the ocean, the seas, and the mountains until he found you. And when he found you, he can say, now the picture is complete. And no matter how small a piece can be in a puzzle, as long as that piece is not there, the picture is not complete. That's why I say, no matter how insignificant you may think I am, you are not going into the rapture without me. If I'm a small toe, I'm going there because the body will never go incomplete. 
And when you get that revelation, you've got a mutual respect for your brethren. Because you know that you may be the ear or the neck, whatever you may be. But if they are the toe, they are balancing the entire body. Everybody that is here is important. They had to be found. The message is not complete without them. And here is something beautiful. Somebody was saying, hey, I was reading the message, it was condemning me. I said, then you are a genuine seed. Because when you read the message and there is a reaction in you towards the message, that means the seed of God is responding to what you are reading. The greatest trial is when you can read and feel nothing. Or come to church and hear nothing. But when you come to church and something say, something is not right, God still loves you. I hope we are together. Now the prophet says, I'm still in the message of the anointed ones, paragraph 269. He says, now I want you to know this for sure. And you that listen to this tape, you might have thought today I was trying to say that about myself, being that I was packing this message. I have no more to do than anything else. No more than just a voice. My voice. Even against my better judgment. But if it's the will of my father that I declared to do and determined to do, I wasn't the one that appeared down on the river. Wasn't, the, wasn't he a genuine messenger? I wasn't the one that appeared down on the river. I was only standing there when he appeared. He simply said, it's not about me. It's about him. I wasn't the one that appeared down on the river. I was only standing there when he appeared. I'm not the one that performs these things and foretells these things that happens as perfectly as they are. I'm only one that's near when he does it. I was only a voice that he used to say it. It wasn't what I knew. It's what I just surrendered myself to that he spoke through. It is not me. It wasn't the seventh angel. Oh, no. It was the manifestation of the son of man. It wasn't the angel. It was his message. It was the mystery that God unfolded. It's not a man. It's God. The angel was, was not a, the son of man. He was a messenger from the Son of Man. The Son of Man is Christ. He is the one that you are feeding on. We are not feeding on Brother Brandon, folks. We are feeding on Christ. He is the one that you are feeding on. You are not feeding on a man. A man and his weights will fail. But you are feeding on the unfailing body weight of the Son of Man. And as I say, you become what you eat. If you eat the son of man, you become the son of man. If you eat the weight, you become the weight. If you eat denominationalism, you become denominationalism. Whatever you eat, that's exactly what you will become. And that's why we want to say to the church, eat the weight. Hallelujah. Because when that 
mighty angel descended, he came down with a book. And the message to John was that, take the book and eat the book and become the book. And this morning, the message is to you as the bride. The word came down in its fullness on Sunset Mountain. And you are to receive that word. You are to eat that word and become that word. When he descended, he descended with the fullness of the word. And when he descended on Sunset Mountain, Brother Bram says, it wasn't the son of man, the, the seventh angel messenger. It was the son of man. That's why later he came back to the church and said to the church, he doesn't say, do you see William Branham? He takes the picture and says, do you see his beard? Do you see his eyes? It is our Lord Jesus Christ up there. He was introducing him. Christ making himself known amongst his people. Amen. I hope we are together. Amen. And the prophet says in the message, the spiritual food in due season. He says, paragraph 162, the true weight will come to a certain group of people. And the son of man will reveal himself in the midst of them. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's put it in this manner. What was the difference between the Greeks and Philip and Nathaniel? When they came, when Nathaniel came, Jesus says, Behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guy. But later we found out that as well the Greeks sought to seek to see him. They say, say, would we see Jesus? And they went and approached Philip and said, we want to see him. And when they came, they looked at him. You know, the Greeks were the learned during that time. They, they heard about a man that could discern the secrets of the heart, a man that could foretell things and they happened as perfectly as he foretold them. So it, it provoked a curiosity in them that we want to see this man. And they came, and when they came into his presence, they didn't find him to be a big deal. They just found a man. Brother Brenham says in this message, if I read it for you, the unveiling of God. He says, God was veiled in a man. They couldn't understand that God was veiled in a man as he, he always has been. He was in a human temple. Now be careful. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hiding himself from the world. Veiled in a human being. The Greeks could not find him because he was hidden from them in a form of a human being. God veiled in the form of a man, hidden himself from their view. They could only see a man, but the predestinated ones saw God. One saw a man, the other saw God. It happened exactly with Brother Brenham. When the people looked at him, they saw a man. But the predestinated ones, they knew that God borrowed a body. God borrowed a voice. The man that is inside is not a man. He's God himself. They could only see a man. But the predestinated ones saw God. One saw a man, the other saw God. It was God veiled in human being. Both of them were right. But your faith is that which you can't see but believe anyway. 
He was in that flesh, and that flesh was the veil. Philip, as well, he was with him, working with him, and heard him how he would go. And he says, I'm going to my father. And they say, he said to him, but show us the father. And now he said to Philip, Philip, I've been long with you. You don't know me. Hallelujah. Because why? Now Philip was looking at the veil. But behind the veil was the father. He said, I have long been with you. Don't you say you want to see the father? If you have seen me, you have seen the father. Hallelujah. So that's exactly what it happened. It was God veiling himself to the human race. But the people like the Samaritan woman, they were able to look at him and know that behind the veil is God. Revelation will come to the people that you least expect that it will come to. The priests, when they looked at him, they said, he's Belizebub. But the Samaritan woman, when she looked at him, said, that's the Messiah. What is the difference? It's because the Samaritan woman was there when he was the Logos. And she was an attribute. And the most, the both met in a human flesh. But something within the Samaritan woman made her to realize, as much as she was a prostitute, to realize this is the day of the Son of Man being revealed to me. The church rejected him. But a prostitute outside the church was able to identify this is the Messiah. When he cometh, he shall tell us all things. He will tell me my origin. He will change my ways. His revelation will be so impactful. And now I know, based on the effect of his words, that this is not an ordinary man. He is the Messiah. In the end time, it happened exactly the same. We saw a man coming on the platform, bald-headed man. But when he spoke, the effect of his words, it made us to realize Malachi 4 is being fulfilled right before our eyes. And not only that, the more he spoke, Christ became clearer. Then we looked at the world and saw that it was in solemn condition. We look at the religious community, we saw impersonators, but I'm glad that in the midst of all, God had a genuine prophet. And today we are not ashamed to say we are the result of his ministry. I'm not ashamed to say I'm the product of Malachi 4. I'm not ashamed to say God sent the prophet in the end time to restore the order in the church. And the fullness of the word is back in the church. That's how you see our women dressing the way they are. There's no school that can make women to act like that. That's why you see our brothers the way they are. It's not because they decide and say, this church will have this bylaw. No, say, when the word came, it just put everything positionally. And that's why we say, we are thankful that we're in this message by His grace. And no system can produce what this message has produced. No. And today, we've got no laws. If you baptize in this church, we'll not give you a bunch of laws. No. We just give you the weight. The weight will change you. And when the weight changes you, you'll just be exactly like us. Because we were like you before the weight changed us. 
And the only result, the way we are, is because of the word. Brother Bremen says, it was what I surrendered myself to. Let every man and woman in this building surrender themselves to the message. The message will bring the result. The problem we've got ourselves as obstacles, our views, our emotions. Let's put ourselves aside and let's put the weight. It will bring the results. I hope we are still together. He says, in the message, souls that are in prison. And one can say, what shall be the end of these things? Wednesday service, Sunday service, what shall be the end of these things? Where are we going? What is the destination? Hallelujah. Maybe let's give you where we are going. The prophets in the message, souls that are in prison, says three is perfection. The ministry came to its perfection when it reproduced Christ again in natural amongst human beings as it was predicted. The main objective as we are preaching, we want you to become him. Him to be reproduced in your life as it was predicted so that we can say, there goes a little Messiah. Because the Messiah will produce the Messiahs. The small Messiahs. Amen. In the message proving his word, paragraph 235, he says, And Jesus said, As it was in the days of Sodom, in the days of Sodom so will it be at the coming of the Son of Man, when the Son of Man is being revealed. And while speaking about his coming, the world and the churches in the main, they speak about his coming. And, and they, uh, they expect, like they expected in the first coming, they expected, Brother Bram says, they had carnal interpretation as to how he would come. They thought heaven would open and a stepladder will, will drop down and he will descend on the stepladder and Cephas would be there to introduce him and say, here's the Messiah. While they were expecting heaven to open, he was born in a manger. And the religious community missed him. Hallelujah. Not in a church. No affiliation with any church during that time. Just born in a manger. And they had to be told in the temple that the Messiah is born. Where is he? He's born in Bethlehem. Who gave birth to him? Another Hebrew girl. Hallelujah. It, it, it It was so simple that they missed it. Even during our time, they speak about his coming. They think there will be a time where in the middle of the night, the sun will come, and all of a sudden he will come out. No, say. The Bible says before he cometh like that, he must come as a thief. And when he comes as a thief, the thief will never tell you as to when he is coming. Hallelujah. The visitation of a thief is unplanned, is unannounced. But the beauty about it in our time I'm no longer saying he's coming. Because Brother Bram said, my ministry is different from a pastor's ministry. It's different from any other ministry. My ministry is to declare him that he's here. And I want to confirm what the prophet said and said, he is here. 
And have you found him? When did he come? 1963, Sunset Mountain. Heaven, as it happened in the book of Acts, when the angels, when the disciples saw him going up, and the angel came and said, You men of Judea, why are you looking up there? In the same manner that he has gone, he will come in the same manner. And you know what was that cloud? That cloud was the theophany bodies of the Old Testament saints. He says, in the same manner, he will return. And on Sunset Mountain, the king theophany descended with other theophanies. And my brother said, I was represented there. When he came down, I came down with him in my theophany body. Every member of the bride was there. And when he came down, there was a seventh angel messenger to make a handing over ceremony of that book that Adam lost. Now it was being given back to the human race. And the devil didn't know what was happening. The prophet couldn't say it. No one could say it, couldn't say it, could say it. But all of us, we knew what was happening. He came down as the head without a body because the body was complete upon the face of the earth. And you are that body. And when we came back, where is he today? In the heart of a man. You contain him. You are a son of man containing the son of man. He says, and you must remember, when he came down, let me go back to his first coming. When he came back, came in his first coming, people were going to the temple to offer sacrifices. And they were very sincere how they offered the sacrifices. Year after year, the high priest on the day of atonement will offer sacrifices. It, it was sincere. Now, as soon, and this, this is where you need to be careful when God changes the system from one system to the other. When, when, when the Messiah was born in the manger, everything that they did in the temple amounted to nothing as far as God was concerned. The whole attention had to move from the goats and the bulls to the Messiah that was born. That's why you never hear about Peter or any of them offering a sacrifice because the perfect sacrifice had come. No matter how sincere you were, you would have taken your, your sacrifice to the temple. God would have never accepted it. Stay with me here. Throughout the seven church ages, you could belong to whatever church that you wanted to belong to and read your Bible and try to live as honest as you are, God would have somewhat in his rich, in his rich mercy accepted you. But as soon as that prophet was born and that pillar of fire returned in this generation and a man began to speak and say, come out of them my people, be not partakers of their sins. No matter how honest you were in that system, God rejected the system. Because why? 
I'm saying I'm not, I don't have to put it in a better way, folks. Without Malachi for the world will perish. He was the only way out that God sent in this generation and say, this is the way out. Now listen to what he says. He says, when he came down, it even caused a status change. We, we change the status. He says, no, not no more as a church. Not no more. The bride is being called. That's why when he preached the message, the bridge, he had to officiate a marriage ceremony between a young boy and a young girl. And he comes out and says, let it be a tithe of what I am going to do. Because he was a marriage officiator in the end time between the groom and the bride. He says, in that day, the Son of Man will be revealed. He quotes it as it was quoted that day. But we know today we say, this day. To join the church to the head, unite the marriage of the bride. The bridegroom will come right through this. When the Son of Man will come down and come in human flesh, to unite the two together, the church has to be that way. He is the weight, and the two unite together. To, and to do that, it will take the manifestation of the revealing of the Son of Man. Not the plaguey man. Do you see what I mean? It's the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, will come down in human flesh among them and will make his way so real that it will unite the church and him as one, the bride, then she will go home to the wedding supper. She is already united. We go to the wedding supper, not to the marriage. Stay with me. We are not going to the marriage. We are going to the wedding supper. The marriage has already taken place. That's why the prophet says, the bride is pregnant with the weight. And the husband, then that means he's here as the husband. And he can never pregnant us unless the marriage has taken place because that will be fornication. So the bride is married to Christ as we speak. You are married to Christ. And what was that marriage? The seventh seal was that marriage. That's why I say there was silence for half an hour. Very silent, intimate moment. And after the prophet grabs it and says, she's now pregnant with the weight. He saw him coming. And he saw the conceptualization taking place. Comes around and says, she's now pregnant with the weight. And if she's pregnant, that means she can never be deceived. Amen. The womb of life is close to anything else. A pregnant woman cannot be pregnant three times. She becomes pregnant in at once until the baby is delivered. So this bride is pregnant. Men will come with different seeds, but it's too late. The life 
is growing within the bride. And that life is the same life that was growing in Mary. Hallelujah. Can you imagine Mary when she heard, when they spoke at the temple about the Messiah is coming, taking a seat in the front seat, looking at the old priest reading the scroll, knowing that the, the very thing that she re, he reads about, I contain it. Hallelujah. And I can't tell them because no one would believe me. And you know what? It caused separation between Mary and the, the religious system of the day. If you were Mary, would you go to the old priest and say, I'm pregnant with your sermon? Hallelujah. What you preach about, I contain it. They wouldn't believe you. It's exactly happening again. They say he's coming, but we say he's already in us. His life is growing daily in us. It's changing us into the image of his son. And it says, that unity between the bride and the groom, it will take the manifestation of the Son of Man, which is Christ coming down in human flesh among his people and will make his way so real that it will unite the church and him as one. Then she will go home to the wedding supper. She's already united. And when the weight here unites with the person, and the two become one, then what does it do? It manifests the Son of Man again. Not the church theologians, the Son of Man. The weight in the church becomes one. As I said the other time, in the Garden of Eden, God found, or the devil when he was cast out of heaven, he came down and looked at the Garden of Eden and he wanted to inject himself into the human race. And through the serpent, he deceived Eve. And that's how his seed got into the human race in, the, in God's garden, garden of Eden. He made the woman to fall. And while Eve was in God's garden, she had a seed of the devil. The tables have changed today. We are now in Satan's Eden. And now God is not being cast out of heaven. He descended. The devil was cast out, but now God descended. And when he came down in Satan's Eden, Hollywood, the filthiness of the world, he found a woman through which he as well can inject himself into the human race. And as it was there, when the woman was pregnant with the seed of the devil, he was chucked out of the garden of Eden, which was God's garden. In the end time, the woman is pregnant with God's seed, and this woman must as well exit Satan's Eden. That's why there is a wedding supper ready for you. If you can put it for a lack of a better word, revenge has been done. move around with the life of God. Are you still with me? Do you love this message? Yeah. That's what the prophet says. If you don't get the true revelation of the Godhead, you will miss the other truths that go with it. Amen. 
I think let me just stop here and I got richly blessed. As we stand to our feet. I didn't know that Babela is a singer, but I saw him as a singer the other time. While we are singing, he will prepare a song in his heart.
Amen. Shall we pray? Oh, precious Heavenly Father God, yet again our honor, Father God, to have you in our midst, O God. Father God, to sit in your presence, O God, and hear from you, O God. We say thank you, O Lord. Heavenly Father God, for today again, O God, we are blessed. Father God, to be able, O God, to sit, O God, and Father God, it is as if you are here with yourself, O God. Father God, we say thank you, O Lord, for opening our open eyes this morning, O Lord. Father God, O Lord, we say thank you, O Lord, for touching our hearts again this morning, O Lord. Father God, for it is true that your word says, O Lord, Father, in your presence we will be changed again, O Lord. Father God, for truly we won't leave this place the same, O Lord. Heavenly Father, we say thank you this morning, O Lord. Father, for you came, O God, with Father God, and each of us had different desires this morning, O God. And Father God, I can truly say, O God, that you've addressed each and every one this morning, O God. Father God, we are truly blessed this morning, O Lord. We say thank you, O Lord, for our precious pastor that could stand, Father God. Pray, O God, that you'd, Father God, bless him, O God. Father God, for there's so many, Father God, people that's trying, O God. And there's few, O God, that you chose, O God, that will, Father God, fly this banner high this morning, O Lord. Mm. We say thank you, O Lord. Heavenly Father God, as we go to our different homes, O God, Father God, may we, Father God, not lean on our own, Father God, but we may we lean on your promises, O God. Father God, for so many make the mistake, O God, to try and try, O God, forgetting, O Lord, there's only one that can do it for us, and that is you this morning, O Lord. Father God, may we lean on your promises this morning, O Lord. Father God, as we surrender everything unto thee, O God. Father God, may we, Father God, gather here on Wednesday again, O Lord. Father God, may may that desire, O Lord, that you placed in our hearts, O God. Father God, may it draw us even closer to the old rugged cross this morning, O Lord. Father God, as we say thank you now, Lord. Father God, may you be glorified, O God. Father God, we say thank you this morning for your word, O God. Father God, for truly, O God, it opened the open eyes, O God. And we are grateful, O God. Father God, may you be blessed. May you, Father God, deserve all the glory and the praises now, Lord. We worship you and we say thank you, Lord. Jesus, Father God, we are grateful this morning, Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Don't forget about the meetings on Friday, on Saturday. We start at 4 o'clock, Sunday 9 o'clock, and then as well as Sunday 4 o'clock. Amen. I think we are going to have a, a great time. Amen. Amen. Just to listen to Pastor Bibbs, he's got a very special testimony. I think it is Hebrews 11 in action. Amen. Now, Wapela while he comes. Give him a mic. There's an email that a brother sent us. Uh, he said I must read this email, so I want Brother Pazi to come and read it. But it's written to you. He's a brother from the UK. Yeah, here. You can read it here. Amen. So, 
normally I, I normally avoid the emails. I just file them and say, God bless you. But this one, I was told that I must read it. So, so shalom, my friend. Pastor Madiro, greetings to you in the matchless name of our Lord. Counted a tremendous privilege to be able to write you an exaltation for what the Lord is doing to, for us through your soul-provoking, heaven-sent, devil-chasing, and bold, truth-declaring ministry. Needless to remind you how our prophet tells us about friends. He then says, there are some that are special friends, and you are one of them. In this evil age where social media is ruining people's morals, my attention was attracted to your posts, and soon I had to send a friend request as the revelation behind every post spoke to me. As mentioned over the phone, I truly appreciate your boldness to unashamedly declare the whole counsel of God. Brother Madiba, subjects that you are touching are crucial in this, in this Ephesian. See, the devil has upped his game and the battleground has somewhat shifted significantly. The terrain now needs diligence and boldness. The weapon still remains as the unmovable word of God, but the hand that holds the sword needs to be soundly skilled and tutored well under Malachi 4 and commissioned in Ephesians 4. The combat zone now requires diligence and wisdom in how to handle and operate the word. The prophet said the bride will know how to use that word. I have found your ministry to be word-proof and one that is preparing little Davids. Like, like me for any Goliath. The radioactive anointing of that word you preach, brother, certainly has caught my attention and my soul says amen. The thinking man's filter is producing the holy man's taste because there is an attraction in this mountain. Our weapons are not carnal, but mighty through faith. Brother, I say continue to preach that word in season and out of season. I sure hope your people whom God has called you to lead realize the gift that God has placed among them. Your teachings on unity, vision, forgiveness, and ultimately leadership are nothing short of a blessing. If your people are sincere, which I trust they are, God will do something. I share your burden on leadership. One said, success without a successor is a failure. How true is that statement? As we discussed, I'm of the notion that there is untapped resource in this word that our Lord still has in store for the Joshua's, Caleb's, and of this great symphony word. We will never remove ancient landmarks. However, I believe the revelation of God is progressive, and I appreciate how the Lord is using you to progressively empower the people with the truth. Not just any truth, but the entire truth, withholding nothing. Well, if our Lord tarries, I sure trust to visit, your gallant, to visit you, gallant soldier. Greet all the saints under thy watch, watchman. Salute thy wife and children too, as they rally faithfully behind the ministry. In his service, Brother Raymond, my wife, Sister Zoe, and our children, Nathaniel and Lily Rose. Amen. God bless. Amen. Normally, we don't read, we, because... Sometimes it sounds like you are blowing the, your own horn. We just file them. But the brother insisted that she, it must be read. Amen. But we, we appreciate when people see what we are doing in our little corner here. We, we are trying our best for our maker. It's not to make ourselves known. It's to make him known. God bless you richly. Okay. God bless. Yeah. Yeah, I know.
Right. <laughs> Thank you. 
that's how they do it in Seabuso. Amen. Papelo was just showing us how they do it in Seabuso. Let's just check how they do it in Zimbabwe. And then after we are go. But we haven't done Congo in a while. Zimbabwe and Congo then. Yeah, I see our drama says, but have you forgotten Congo? <laughs> Amen. Jesu wakanaka, wakanaka, Jesu wakanaka, Jesu wakanaka, You know that Congolese flavor. Just do it on the piano and let's hear. Amen. You know, there is that menu when you eat, but the spice is missing. You can tell that the menu is right, but the, spin, the, the spice is not there. 
it has a Sentenced 25 years in prison, served seven years in maximum prison, and 
wrongfully so. Amen. He will get time to explain to you what happened, but the, the resiliency, the tenacity, the unshaken faith that was shown by this man in prison. Hallelujah. Instead of his confidence dwindling, his confidence in God increased. Hallelujah. And uh, while other people are outside, their marriages are, uh, were crumbling, his marriage became sounder. It, it can only, that's a paradox. Come and hear him out. Uh, the reason we, we've made it in this manner, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, is because it's not easy for him to come and relate the experience because it just makes the wounds to be refreshed. Amen. So, but he said, look, for in my last thing, I will do it. I will come and just take them through the journey. Uh, there will be moments where I break down because of the experiences when they come back. But it is meant to edify you. So that you know that when you read about Hebrew 11, it's not history. You can as well as say, by faith, Pastor Babes, he never, his faith was unwavering in prison. Came out, continued to pastor the church. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. Amen. Just come and pray for the meetings. We, we love the servants of God. Amen. We are, we're not going to hate any servants of God. We love all of them. The other time I was sitting with certain men, I said to them, you see, my mother is worshipping in Pastor Mukobi's church, and they've got, a, they've got a service in my house there. My mother-in-law is worshipping with Pastor Mukura. They've got a service at her house, and I'm working with Pastor Nkodima. I said, none of them will own me 100%. I'm, I belong to them, all of them equally. Hallelujah. You get what I mean? We, we don't want to divide. We want to build up. Yes. Hallelujah. That's our responsibility. We want to be bridge builders so that this army can rise up, a united army under the anointing of the hour. I, I hate divisions. I hate being plainish. That's who I am. It will never change. Amen. This young man has got so much faith, brethren. Every time when I, he tells me the stories, you know, just a quick one. You know, he came to this country not knowing English, enrolled. He's the one that is passing without knowing English. And those that know English, they are failing at his school. Amen. Last week he told me, he said, Pastor, you know, I wanted to register. My passport, my study permit is expired. I went there to register. And they were just me. You know how people, these xenophobic, backwards people, make him fun and say, go back to Congo, and they were laughing. He says, I stood there and I prayed in my heart. I said, I'm going to study here. No matter the study permit is expired, because as far as God is concerned, it's not expired. says, immediately the lady that was making mockery and was angry with him went and spoke to the company's manager. When she came back as he was praying in his heart, she went to the computer because he was already blocked on the system, punched and put his details, printed out registration and say, we have registered you. So, I don't know whether is it Foyth or his brother Mevin was greedy. 
He said, look, now they say the math class is full, but I want to do mathematics. Me, I want to do mathematics, whether it's full. He went to where it was supposed, where he was supposed to register. The queue was starting here all the way on the other side of the robot. He said that he went there, he didn't stand in the queue. He just went and stood next to the door. And it says the white man came and said to him, you come in. And called the other two young, uh, two white boys. And he said to the young, two white boys, move out. I want to help this man. And he went out, he said to that long queue, say, you, I'm not helping you today. I'm helping this man because I was with him last week. And he said, he wasn't with me last week. <laughs> and he says, where are your papers? He registered me. I'm now attending pastor. That's faith. Now he says, I didn't have money to register. And he says, now, he says, I said, Lord, where I just need money, man. I just need money. And he says, uh, I won't even mention the brother's name because we have not consulted with the brother. But he says, while he was sitting in his flat, the message just came through on his cell phone. When he checked, 1,500 deposited. So where is it coming from? Then the brother phones him and says, Hey, Bram Evan, uh, I've seen that one stick is broken there, church. Take one, buy the stick, the rest go and register. He says, I took the money, I registered, Pastor. That's faith. And him out. He says, I never said to the brother I needed money. I never spoke to him about money. I didn't expect anything from him. He didn't know about my situation. But you see how God uses one brother to help another brother? Hallelujah. So God is still alive. Amen. I was amazed. I say, this young man tells me that, and another young man came to me and said, Ah, Pastor, there is no light here. Then I said, this one, God is doing great things for him. This one says there is no light. I say, maybe the problem is not the light. The problem is you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Simple as that. If, if your attitude is right towards God's divine promises, he will make them to come to pass. God bless you. Have a blessed week. Conquer the devil till we meet. This is humble evangelism. Hallelujah! It will move forward. No one will stop it. How many believe that? Hello. Oh.
must look forward. Hallelujah.